Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Shy Sports Cargo. We are your host, Edgar Romero, alongside Martin Barraza. And today's episode will be covering the NHL playoffs, the NBA playoffs, and our Chicago Cubs and Chicago White Sox weeks of last week's games. But today's episode, we should start with the NHL playoffs. But before we do, how you doing, Martin? How was your, your weekend? Well, it was pretty good. Uh, lots of work this weekend, but sports always makes makes the weekend go by quicker. And we are in the heat of possibly the be- the the most interesting stretch of the year. We got NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs. The the baseball season is in is in full bloom. We even got horse racing too, so lots of sports all the time. Well, sounds like a good deal for me. But let's start with let's start with the NHL playoffs. Uh, last week, everybody started keeping in touch with the NHL. Um, Tuesday, they started off the round two playoffs. Um, let's start with Tuesday's game where we saw the Lightning at the Panthers and the Lightning. To game one as they beat the Lightning for the one. I mean, they beat the Panthers for the one and take game one and take the series 1 0. And for the game two for Tuesday's games, um, we saw the St. Louis Blues at the uh, Colorado Avalanche and the Avalanche take game one as they beat them 3 2. The Colorado's up 1 nothing. Going on to Wednesday's game from last week. The Rangers at the, uh, at the Hurricanes. The Hurricanes beat the Rangers two to one, and the Hurricanes are up one to nothing. While the Oilers are at the Flames, at the Flames beat the Oilers six, nine to six, and the Flames are up one to nothing. Going on to Thursdays, and it's back again there at the Panthers, where the Lightning beat the Panthers two to one, and. Tampa Bay go up two to nothing that series. The Blues at the Avalanche. The Blues, the St. Louis Blues tie the series up at one apiece and beat the Avalanche four to one. Moving on to Friday's games and the uh, Hurricanes take a two zero series lead and beat the Rangers two to nothing. Well. The Oilers tie up the series one apiece by beating the Flames five to three. Saturday's game, the only long game for that Saturday, the Avalanche travel to St. Louis and indeed, uh, no, and yeah, and the Avalanche beat the uh, Blues five to two and take the series, take the series two to one, and then Sunday we had three games. And the first game, we just saw the Panthers at the Lightning, and, and the Pan- and the Lightning beat the Panthers 5-1, and the Tampa Bay take a 3-0 series lead. So, do you see the Tampa Bay Lightning sweeping the Panthers? Well, it's kind of, it's kind of surprising because the Carolina the Carolina Panthers, not the Carolina Panthers, the Florida Panthers, have Florida been Panthers. very very good. This season, one of the top yeah. teams in the in the Eastern Conference, and set a record for most points scored 
in the season. Uh, yeah. Defensively, the Lightning have been very good, and they've stifled the first line for the Florida Panthers. Alexander Barkov has not been able to to play well. Uh, Aaron Ekblad, the, de- the defender, has not been able to play well either. And really, the top line of Steven Stamkos of the Lightning and Kucherov that play well. They've they gotten good goaltending. And again, Victor Hedman has done a very good job defensively of holding that top line. Very surprised because I thought this was going to be a seven-game series because, of course, of how good the Panthers have been this year. And the Lightning, you know, the defending champs, and they're one of the deep... They've been consistently one of the deepest teams in the post in the recent years. But I think the Lightning have Florida's number, Florida's number and Florida, a very inexperienced ball inexperienced hockey team and I do think and they play tonight I do think Tampa Bay is going to complete the sweep and sweep the the Florida Panthers and ending their historic season and moving on to the Eastern Conference Finals yeah I gotta agree with you man I thought Florida Panthers are going to be something different and actually make a run this year but I yeah, so far, it looks like they're not going to make a run and Tampa Bay they're going to be that dominant team because they've been a top team for the past couple of years already. And that's like, okay. Remember, we have CM Punk jawing a whole Hogan about this team, right? For a couple of years, remember? Because this was a team that the Black... The, the, the Lightning was a team that the, the, uh, the Lightning that eliminated the Blackhawks, wasn't it? So the Blackhawks did beat the Lightning in their third championship. That was, I guess, the start of the infancy of this kind of run that Tampa Bay's been getting. Tampa yeah. Bay's a pretty good team, and they've been they've been doing pretty good. If they win again, they're going to be another dynasty. And what I've been noticing about the NHL teams, it's ever since like the. I mean, 2010s. There's been it's been a run of dynasties. It was the Blackhawks, and then Los Angeles Kings, and then you got the Pittsburgh Penguins, and now it's Tampa Bay's time. They're a very good team. I and I like I said, I think they're going to sweep the Panthers. The Panthers' experience is there, but they're a very talented team, and I expect the Panthers to be here for times to come. They got good young players. Yeah, you got you, you're right about that. And they came out freaking hot too, so uh, right now, as you mentioned, I know they're they're playing right now. They got the first game for Monday's game. And I believe they're still zero zero in the second. There's three minutes left in the second quarter, so and they're still zero zero so. If somehow the Panthers could pull it up, when then they won't be shut up. But somebody needs to score, and right now the Tampa Bay Lightning are in a power play, so it ain't looking good for 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 the Florida Panthers, though. So moving on to the next games on Sunday. We got the Hurricanes at the New York Rangers, and finally the Rangers are on the board as they beat the Hurricanes 
three to one, and the and the Carolina Hurricanes lead the series two to one, and the five for the for the Canada for Alberta Canadians, um, the Flames at the Oilers, and Edmonton takes the series lead two to one as they beat the Flames four to one. As we mentioned, today's games on Monday, the Panthers at the Lightning, which is the games going on, started at 6 p.m. They're in the second quarter with two minutes left. And still going for the last third quarter, but neither team has scored, so it's still 0-0. That's going on, but the second game will be the Avalanche at the Blues. We'll, we'll start, which will start at 8.30 p.m. And then tomorrow will be the Hurricanes at the Rangers. That will, game will start at 6 p.m. And the Flames at the Oilers will start at 8.30 p.m. And so on will go on. That will be our NHL playoffs. And we will mention if the Tampa Bay Lightning will sweep the Florida Panthers and move on. But if they lose, then there's still more game. Uh, there still will be more games to go on. But let's move on to our Eastern and Western Conference Finals for the NBA. So last week, Tuesday, our first game was the Celtics. At the Miami Heat. This game was interesting as we saw the Boston Celtics lose to the Miami Heat 107 to 118, and Miami taking a one and nothing um, series lead. Butler pretty much took that game over and scored 41 points in that game. Wednesday's game, it was the Mavs at the Warriors, and the Warriors dominated dominated that game 112 to 87. You're not gonna outscore the Golden State Warriors, as you know. Curry scored 21 points, Thompson's 15 points, and Wing is 19 19 points. So when those three po- when those three players. Those are your top three, three players of that team, and as long as they score double-digit points, there is going to be it's going to be hard to stop them. Moving on to Thursday's games, you got the Celtics at the Heat, and the Celtics beat the Heat one twenty-seven to one hundred two to tie the series up. You had Jason Tatum that scored twenty-seven points, Smart and and Jalen Brown each each scored twenty-four points. And Grant Williams scored 19 points. So those four guys actually combined helped out Boston and actually helped the team outscore the Miami Heat. Moving on to Friday's game, the Mavs at the Warriors again. The the Mavs lose to the Warriors 117 to 126, and the Golden State Warriors take a two. Oh. Series lead, which with um, Wiggins 
scoring 16 points. Another players like Looney scored 21 points for Golden State. Curry, 32 points. Thompson, 15 points. And Jordan Poole scored 23 points. You have on the other side for um, Saturday's game, you have on Miami Heat at Boston Celtics. They beat the the, the Celtics 109 to 103 Barity. It was a good game type game. So the Heat take a 2-1 lead. And the only reason why the, the Heat take a 2-1 lead because they need to rely on Butler this time. You had um Adebayo and um, PJ Tucker picking up the, the slack as well as Strauss. Adebayo scored 31 points, PJ Tucker 17 points, and Strauss 16 points. While you had um, Brown scoring 40 points and Harford scoring 20 points for Boston. Sunday's game, Warriors at the Mavs, 109 to 100, the Warriors beating the Mavs. So Golden State takes a 3-0 lead and Wiggins had a phenomenal game that game. He scored 27 points, Curry 31 points, Thompson 19 points, Luka Doncic. Got back-to-back games where he scores 40 plus points, but he looks like he needs another another weapon in that team in order for him to compete with Golden State Warriors. But currently, right now, is the on Monday's games is the Heat at the Boston Celtics. So the Celtics are wanting to tie the series up again and make it a series tie two to two. And the Heat are trying to win, win the game so they could take a three to one series lead. So we'll see uh, how it goes. But I think how are you looking looking at the series so far? Let's start with um, the Mavs. You think by tomorrow? You think the Golden State Warriors officially eliminate the Mavs, or the Mavs actually win one game? Uh, th- this series has been tough because. It's really much the de- defensive, uh, the good def- the good defense for Golden State and their tough offense against Dallas. And unfortunately, this is a wake up call for Dallas. They need another star to pair with Luka Doncic. This this era, I mean, last year with Milwaukee winning, just proved you don't need a super team anymore. You need two good stars, and you need good defenders around them. Defense defense wins championships, and unfortunately for Dallas right now, they have one star, no defense, and no offense. Jalen Brunson had a very good series, I think, in the first series that they had, um, and then it carried over in the in their last series as well against against Phoenix. He's been nowhere to be found. There has been nobody that's been able to help Luka Doncic in terms of scoring. Uh, anybody that any any wing perimeter defender that Golden State has thrown against Luka Doncic, they haven't been able to do anything. Luka Doncic in the last two or three games has been averaging about forty points. But unfortunately, I think Golden State is going to win and they're going to sweep them, which that's is a, which is a shame because. You expected at least... I thought Golden State was going to win in six. 
at least Dallas get two games, especially at home. Your role players play better at home, and so far they haven't. But we'll see. I think the the momentum is too great right now. The Golden State has. Yep, especially like yeah, I think they. Uh, it's just look at Don. Look at Don is just too good to be. <laughs> he's been playing so phenomenal. It's like damn, like he's. It looks like he's. He's, he's a one man person right now, trying to do everything himself and it's like oh my god but then again it's like he's in a team that wasn't expected to be there and they're there so it's like uh technically they were not supposed to be there we expected the phoenix Suns to be there yeah but Granted, is like they're there, so it's like okay. So it's like I cannot. I could only say, Luca, as long as you could try to manage to win at least one game, and if you could win one game, you could prove yourself. Hey, which just being me out there, just me and my team that I got. We went to the. Western Conference Finals, at least we won one game out of it and and just hope that um, um, Cuban could provide a, another top star next to you. Well, they tried and, with Christos, they tried with Christos Porzingis. They traded, that's what they traded. They traded some picks and some players to the New York Knicks to try to bring them. And unfortunately, yeah. he didn't work. Then nah, they yeah. trade. Then they let him go in the, this year's trade deadline to to the Washington Wizards for for uh, Bertans and his shooting. And rather, and Bertans hasn't really played. So, unfortunately, hopefully Dallas can solve this quickly. But I feel like this is going to be a problem for Dallas for years to come. They're not going to be able to attract that sack that second complementary star. He doesn't need a superstar, just a star that can help create shots and make some shots. Maybe Zach Levine, since he's a free agent, to go to Dallas. Okay, talking about Zach Levine. You, do, you know what we're talking about him right now after the playoffs. Um, so, yeah, you're right. They could try going for a Zach Levine. Because you're right. He does. Luca does need like a second points maker because instead of him scoring 41 points, he could just score at least 30, 30 points, 35 points, and have the other players score 25, 30 points. And that will still leverage them out. And though they could win those games like that. But I don't know. I'm hoping at least they win one game. And hopefully it's tomorrow, so like they don't eliminate it. But if they do get swept, be like, hey, at least you made it to the Western Conference Finals when you were not expected to make it to the Western Conference Finals, and you shocked a lot of a lot of fans, and you guys made it there. So that's kudos to you guys, Dallas, and let's move on. But now with the Heat and Celtics. 
I'm hoping they go to Game Seven because these are two good teams, two defensive teams. How do you see this turning out? Are you seeing this two teams going Game Seven, and especially on today's game, do you see Boston winning today's game, or do you see the Heat winning today's game? Well, Game One, Miami routed Boston. But Boston didn't have Al Horford or they didn't have Marcus Smart. Uh, everywhere you heard of how great Jimmy Butler was, how great he was. Yeah. And every and especially here in Chicago, because you know Jimmy Butler played in Chicago. Yeah. The the thing is a lot of people don't think he's a super superstar. They think he's just a star. Well, I mean, yeah, he took over game one. What the hell happened in game two? They got blown off the floor when yes. Marcus Smart and Al Horford came. Nobody said anything about it. And that's what my irritation was in game one. Everybody was prisoner of the moment. Marcus Smart makes this team go. Al Horford. Yes. Al, Hor- Al Horford is a huge part of this team. He had some veteran leadership, some toughness. He can knock down shots. He is not as good defensively as he was before. But he, he provides something there. And he plays still. After Boston got rid of him, he went to Oklahoma City. He went out to other teams. And he eventually made his way down to Boston. And he's playing substantial minutes now. There's a reason why. But Marcus Smart is the the defensive player of the year. And I guess that was only my only irritation. Game three, I saw the, the last part of game three. Jimmy Butler went down. Victor Oladipo played fantastic defense. I guess the story of Game 3 was that Boston made a lot of turnovers. They were very sloppy with the basketball. Bam Adebayo had a great game. And the role players for the Miami Heat carried this game after pretty much... After Jimmy Butler going out with knee inflammation. Yes. So, yeah, this is really... This is really like just back and forth. Boston, I think, needs to win this game. But Marcus Smart was questionable, and Williams was also questionable with injuries. Uh, is Marcus Smart, you know, Marcus Smart is playing? He's a big, he's a, he, he's big for this team. And Jason Tatum also, Jason Tatum has not had a good series. Jason Tatum also needs to have a better series. If, if Boston needs to win, but Boston needs to win today. Yeah, they, they got to win today's games because, um, yeah, right now, even though right now in the last minute and a half, they got 36 seconds on the first quarter. Um, Boston's more up by like 20 points. The past um, minute and a half, the Heat came back with a seven and zero run. Instead of being down by twenty three points, now they're down by sixteen. Am I correct? Twenty one, fifteen. My bad, fifteen. Yep, because they're now yeah now sixteen. They just had a foul, so they'll be down. They'll be down by seventeen now. Yeah, so we'll see if Boston can hang on because 
Yeah, that that loss in game three, that was Boston's game to win without Jimmy Butler, yeah. and they let that one slip. And if they can't win, they can't hang on to close close this one down. It was their inability to take advantage of the situations, and they didn't take care of the basketball. So, and they deserve to lose if they lose. Yep, because now, yep, we got 22.9 seconds left for the first quarter, and it looks like they just fouled again. So, they should be up by 19 points. So, the first quarter, she went with Boston being up 30 to 32 11. So, in the first quarter, the Boston Celtics will only allow 11 points. <laughs> to the heat. Yes, and, and I really want Boston to win because I do think Boston, Boston to me has more offense than than Miami. Yes, I feel like it's a better ma- matchup for the Golden State Warriors too. Yeah, yeah, because they give me better, they give me more offense than Miami. Miami will clamp down on them, but if you yeah. saw Game Three. Miami really outside of Jimmy, Miami really struggled with somebody getting a shot. Tyler Hero wasn't hitting. Max Strews hit a couple big shots. Duncan Robinson's not there. So and Boston has has Jalen Brown. They have Jason Tatum. Marcus Markin hit some shots. Uh I would prefer Golden State and Boston. But we'll see going forward. Have we seen? Have we? We haven't seen a, a play a, a finals with those two teams, right? I don't think they've faced each other historically. No. No, exactly. So I wouldn't mind seeing a, a, a finals like that. So yep, first quarter, Boston's up twenty-nine to eleven. Wow, the Heat only scored eleven points in the first quarter. Yeah, that's yeah, one of the man. lowest. What the hell is going on? <laughs> well, they can't score. Miami, Miami just can't score, and that's my problem. And then a lot of people, we got a lot of people on, on sports talk radio, especially here in Chicago. Jimmy Butler is not a top ten player. He is not a top ten player. He had one good game, one good game, one good game. That's it. That's and it. A- and and just because he won. Just because he made it to the finals during the bubble games in 2020. They want to talk big deal about him. I'm like, dude, okay, come down. I mean, he's, like, a good, he, he's a good player. He's a good player and he's he's overachieved. But to me, he's not a top 10 player. And he's, oh, he's a not. fringe top 15 player to me. Yes. So. You know what? He's a good player to have around when you got a top player in your team. Well, James, uh, Joel Embiid could have used them for Philadelphia. Yes. Yes, but his ego probably got involved too much too. I don't know. And and Philly supposedly liked Tobias Harris better because like you said, Jimmy, unfortunately, the be- the better he's gotten, the more of a pain in the ass he is to work with. So, it takes a special team and a front office to be able to, you know, stand his ego. So, okay, so we already know that we want Boston pretty much to hopefully win today's game. And actually, I prefer Boston to move on 
and win the East and move on to face Golden State Warriors because that's what it looks like they're they're that Golden State's gonna win the West. So here's my question: Do you think Levine's gonna resign with the Bulls? Well. Th- well, there's been rumblings that he's going to test the market, but a lot of now... Well, before when the season started and maybe midway to the season, it was a done deal that he was resigning. Um, the Bulls didn't work out an extension because they wanted to have more cap space in order to sign Lonzo Ball, Alex Caruso, get that sign and trade done for DeMar. They knew that they were going to take care of him at this the end of the season. Yeah. The last couple of years, free agency in the NBA has, there's been a lot of good players. This year, there's not going to be a lot of good players because, like James Harden and Kyrie Irving, they all have opt outs and they're going to opt in because who is going to pay James Harden a max? Nobody. Kyrie. Kyrie, who the hell is going to pay him and his, and I get it. His stances are great, but for me, right? Me and you have jobs. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, he's Black Lives Matter and all that stuff. Us, we're Hispanic, right? So wow. just because we support immigration rights, that doesn't mean we can't go to work and work whenever we want. We're going to get fired. You have, You have a responsibility to do you have a responsibility for your team and to be there for your team and for us we have we work with our we work in an environment that we work with teams and we have a responsibility for the other people that we work with to be there and to execute our jobs and just because we're not there not to be a burden and cause extra stress to other people and then two he likes to get paid for not going to work i don't know Again, it's the NBA, it's a contract, but in the real world, if you don't show up to work, you're not getting paid. So yeah. so he's probably going to opt in. So right now, Zach Levine is the number one rated uh, unrestricted free agent in the market. So that he's going to get a lot of suitors. There's going to be a lot of teams asking for him. And then, yeah, that's the question. Does Zach Levine want to stay with the Bulls? It's his team. Even though DeMar DeRozan took over and he had to, he had a great January, February, and the crowd was chanting MVP, he's an older player. And this is still Zach's team. And Zach is... Zach not signing with the team is going to be huge and a big, big blow for the Bulls going forward. But supposedly he wants to go to Portland. He... He went to school in UCLA. He's from the Washington area. And, you know, Portland's Portland that they traded McCollum now have an opening at their shooting at their other guard at the shooting guard position. And they might want to go with him. At the end of the day, I do think he resigns with the Bulls. It's just so this place is so on the cusp of being something good. And this is such an attractive market. He's got commercials and Mountain Dew commercials. More yeah. of that stuff's going to come here in Chicago, more than Portland, more than Dallas. So, I do think he resigns, but right now there's going to be a lot of speculation. But he will resign, and he'll resign for the the most money he can get is here with Chicago and more years. 
Well, hopefully he does, because what about the eight and you think he will resign with the Suns? I think he will. He should resign with the Suns. Um, he fits. He fits with the Suns, and he's getting a bad rap for not playing well. And I think, and the whole last series for the Suns have kind of put a bad taste in everybody's mouths. And the focus really has been on DeAndre Aiden for not playing well and not really showing up for the press conference and not talking to reporters. Chris Paul not playing well. And I think Devin Booker has gotten, you know, scot-free. Not a lot of people have been talking about his epic collapse. You're saying that it was a Kardashian's fault? <laughs> <laughs> it's always a Kardashian's fault when it comes to a failed basketball player, yeah. right? <laughs> uh, but yeah, he should sign. He should resign, and I think he's worth it. He, he's a he's a yeah, modern he's big. He's a seven footer. He can move, protects the rim, plays great defense, shoots very well close to the basket. If he continues on his jump shots, he should he should be good. I mean, in that year's draft, again, Doncic is a better player than he is, and Trey Young kind of. I mean, I think they're kind of close. But yeah, he should resign with the Suns and the Suns should do everything in their power they can to keep that core intact. Yeah, already. But that's so much for anything big news for the NBA. But let's move on to our Chicago baseball teams. Let's start with our Chicago White Sox as they had a eight games last week. And they had a five-game series with the, the Royals and a three-game series with the Yankees. And unfortunately, they had a, the five-game series with the Royals. They took three out of the five, which actually they should have taken at least four out of the five, actually swept them, but they managed just to take three out of the five, but I guess that's good enough, or whatever. Monday's game. Cueto looked really good. He was a starter for that game. He went six innings. Only allowed two hits. No earned runs. Two walks. And seven strikeouts. But guess what? Damn bullpen almost blew that freaking game. <laughs> so the White Sox almost, almost lose this game. But they managed to get those two earn runs back and win this game 5-3. And Hendricks, for some reason, gets the win. And Barlow gets the loss for the for the Royals. But this, but this, but this is what I'm telling you, man. You know, you got the, the Kansas City Royals, which is, this is a, a rebuilding team. Uh, pretty much a triple-A team, man. You have uh, Johnny Quaidos making his start, his first start, and gives you six innings of just two hit shutout, and the bullpen that was a dominant bullpen last year that comes to this year and almost and almost blows it up 
and almost loses the game for you. So it's like it's it's baffling, but whatever. They managed to win the game. Then let's move on to the doubleheader on Tuesday. At least for game one. Every time that we already know that we, we see these names, Dylan sees, that's almost a guaranteed winning victory. And obviously it was because, you know, Dylan sees went 5.2 innings, gave up seven hits, but no earned runs, two walks, nine strikeouts. The losing pitcher was Hazley. He went five innings, four hits, gave up three earned runs, three walks, only had one strikeout. The save was for Hendricks. And Abreu in that game had a low, a long two runs batted in. And the and the White Sox win that game three to nothing. Moving on to game two. Uh, the Sox lose that game two to one. The Royals. Um, their starting pitcher, Singer, he went seven innings, only gave up four hits, no earned runs. We had nine strikeouts, while it was a bullpen pitcher, Martin, I guess, went five innings, gave up five hits, one earned run with a walk and seven strikeouts. And the save went to Stalmate for the Royals. So that's it. And Angle had the lone RBI in that game. So now, oh no, now yeah, that was. Uh, so we go to move on to Wednesday's game as they lose as well as the Sox lose 6 2. The winning pitcher was our good old friend, Seth Grinky. And the losing pitcher was Giolito. Every time you see Giolito, it's, it's like watching Hendricks. He's up and down too, as well. There's games that he, he pitches good, and then there's games that you're like, what the hell's going on? Well, that game, he was coming off of the COVID list. So uh, I think he was just, I think he ran out of gas, and I think he was working himself up. I don't, I, coming into that game, I play fantasy baseball, by the way. So yeah. I, Zach Grinky was my starting pitcher, and I was the one up against, my cousin was a big White Sox fan. Then he had Giolito, and I told him that Giolito wasn't going to have a good start because he was going off of COVID. Also, like you said, this year Giolito has been up and down. He's kind of been inconsistent, but yeah, he he wasn't very sharp, and I think it was because he was suffering the effects of coming off of the COVID protocol. Yeah, so he went five innings, gave up seven hits, two earned runs, two walks. I didn't know if he took the loss because... After he went five innings, Lopez came in for two innings. Also gave up two earned runs, but whoever took the loss, they took the loss. Um, and the winning pitcher was Gringy. He went 5.2 innings, gave up seven hits, two earned runs, one walk, four carries. And that was that as they, as the low run, the low run for that game was Angle as well. Took the loss Thursday. The Sox beat the Royals seven to four. It was a bullpen game. Winning pitcher was Sousa. It was a save was by Hendricks. Louis, Louis Robert and Tim Mendes had a good-ass game. They, Louis Robert went three for four. The grand slam or four runs batted in, while Tim Anderson had uh, two runs batted in in that game. So, what are your thoughts of those five-game series with the Royals? Taking three out of three out of the five. 
I mean, three out of five is fine. At least they won the series. Uh, solid start in pitching. I think that's, that's been the, I guess, the name of the game so far lately for this team. It's been starting pitching. It's yeah, been starting. Pitching. Yeah, it's been it's been good starting pitching for this team, and I yeah. think that's the strength of this team, and that's what's going to take them forward. Offensively, this team is still very up and down. They're still very inconsistent, and mm-hmm. the bullpen is still kind of inconsistent. I'm gonna. Then, actually, I'm telling you right now, their start their starting pitching has been there, but the real question marks are always gonna. It's not even their their offense could manage, but their bullpen, dude. The bullpen is a big question mark because you don't know where you're getting until that that moment arrives. Because you're gonna tell me that one game they're gonna be good and then the next day they're just gonna blow up. Yeah, it's, it's it's very they're very inconsistent and TLR Tony Larusa needs to figure out. I mean, he's got the whole season how he wants to set up his stuff. Liam Hendricks is also very erratic and very inconsistent. I'm not a big fan of Liam Hendricks, by the way. I mean, yes, he's a Chicago guy, but his antics on the field annoy me. But he's also been very inconsistent this year. This this week though, he's been okay. But in that game, that first game that you talked about on Monday, he almost he blew the save, and he won. No, but, but, but here's here's what I'm talking about though. It's not only him though. Like he's he's been messing up. But I'm talking about like you know. Graveman. Graveman's been messing up. Kelly has been messing up. Like regardless, you know they got games that okay they've been doing good, but then. When the pressure comes back to them, it's like there's games that okay they got it, they've been pitching good, and then all of a sudden, boom! It's like they start giving up hits, and like all of a sudden, like oh what the hell, like what's going on? It's like no, they've been inconsistent. Like when they when there's games that they could easily save, they have not been easily saved for them. It's like what the hell is going on? I'm like oh, you know, you know who Graveman reminds me of. Who was who was that closer that the Cubs got that from the Dodgers that was broken? Um, he threw really hard. He threw really hard. I can't remember his name. That's who Graveman reminds me of. And Graveman was a big ticket free agent, and he has been very bad. What was that? What year are you talking about? I think it was like uh, the year after after Wade Davis left. Oh, Brendan Morrow. Yes, he reminds me. Yeah, he reminds me of Brendan Morrow. Brendan Morrow came in broken because you know the Dodgers that came went through the postseason so many years and and Roberts used them a lot in high leverage situations. Yeah. But I think Graveman's broken. TLR doesn't trust him. And you can see because he does, he rarely pitches, and when he pitches, he doesn't play well. And the problem is, he was a big ticket free agent. Joe Kelly doesn't look good either. He was hurt in the beginning. Big ticket free agent, to your point. They're big ticket free agents, they're supposed to be doing good, and they're not. 
Yeah, I think Joe Kelly. Yeah, you know what? Joe Kelly reminds you of Brandon Morrow. Because okay, yeah, he more, yeah. Brandon Morrow was injured when the Cubs signed him. Then he comes back, oh, everything's fine, everything's loose. Then a month later, two months later, you know, because he looked good for a month. But then the, the, the injuries start lingering again, coming back, that he was shut down again for another year. And then it was like always lingering that he needed to get surgery or whatever and fix it. Then he signed a minor league contract, came back for another month and got injured. And then that's when he got released. And you know what? I feel whatever. Because he signed a minor league contract just to make sure that he was able to come back and finish his duty. Because, you know, he signed that two-year major league contract or whatever. And that's where he burned his bridges. And that's why no other team had signed him after that. Yeah, because you got to be careful when you sign injured, like when you sign players like that with two year deals or whatever. Yeah, because the Cubs gave him a two year deal to Brendan Morrow. Yeah. Major, yeah, major league deals. So, yeah, and Joe Kelly's the same way, dude. I'm like, you get on a major league deal, but his is a one year deal. So either he makes it or breaks it, that's it. Oh yeah, those are four fucking. At least they won, but yeah. The way how I see it, man, you're supposed to you're supposed to like I said, the easier teams and there's no way in hell that you're supposed to have these type of games. Especially with a team like the Kansas City Royals. Like you're barely winning games like come on, be be honest. Five of three. Seven to four. Three to nothing. Or two to one. The Sox are not supposed to be having these scoring games with the Royals. They're supposed to be dominating games with the Royals. In yeah, well, they oh, no, oh, you're oh. right. They they've been uh, fortunately they played down in their competition, and offensively, offensively, yeah, this team's in a rut, and the bullpen's in a rut. What's helped them stay afloat, I think, has been their starting pitching. Kopech and Cease have been excellent. Giolito has been okay, and right now you got Johnny Cueto shaking and shimming and shaking his ass to to some good two good starts, and. And Vince Velasquez, I mean, yeah, the starting pitch, the starting pitching has been helping him without a doubt. But yeah, yeah, offensively, there's a lot of questions. Looks like Tim Anderson's heating up, Roberts hitting up, but everybody else is, everybody else still has question marks. Like, to me, that's me what wrong. I'm looking at is the offense and the yeah. bullpen. Yes, yeah, like don't get me wrong, if you're winning those scoring games against top, top. Teams like the Yankees or the Blue Jays or any other top teams like the Dodgers or whatever. Yes, I'm all happy for that because you know what? That means that that was a good, good ass, badass game in a tight race game because that's a top team. 
But come on, don't sit there and act like, oh, we we beat the Royals five to three. We beat the Royals two to one. Yes, that's, that's our Chicago White Sox. And it's like, dude, that was a freaking minor league Kansas City Royals, dude. Yeah. That are barely mm-hmm. learning how to how to get there. Like, you know, you got a veteran of Salvador uh, Perez, you know. Yeah, and he's he, hurt now. He's hurt. He's on the injured exactly. list. So they didn't face him all five games. Exactly. So it's like, dude, I'm like, you're facing young rookies pretty much. They're learning their way, you know. Yeah, yes, they're bringing up all their young prospects. Exactly. So it's like, what the hell are you guys doing? I'm like, you guys are barely beating those teams, and they're actually hitting your balls away too. So it's like you said, Hendricks almost blew it against a rookie team. So it's like, what the hell is going on? Even when they faced the Cubs, that's what I said. I'm like, you guys barely beat the Cubs, three to one, four to three. You should not be saying, hey, we managed to win a game. Like, no, you should be dominant. Yeah, because all the crap they were talking about, how they were a minor league team and a triple-A team and all this crap. They barely beat them. They barely beat them. Exactly. There was no freaking such thing. And when we go to the Cubs game, I'm going to talk about the two games when they face the Pirates. How about it comes handle the pirates? But yeah, I'm like, those five games against the Royals, I'm sorry. I'm like, yes, the Sox went three out of the five, but if I'm the Sox fans, I'm like, no, I need to show more like a dominant team than what they're showing, man. And I'm like, they need to get their heads out of their asses and start showing some more. Um, Hey, That's what I mean. Uh, how Louis Robert shows up and that's what he played all the time. And he shows that fire. The rest of the team needs to show that fire, man. Because now nah, they should be working out. The starting pitching, at least I give them credit, man. They, they show up every day. I'm happy that Michael Kopek is looking good. Dylan Seas is looking good. I'm happy that, hey, they got a good picture of that trade with with, with uh, the Cubs did. Fuck it, that, well, that, that was a fucked up pen on, right, uh, on the Cubs end. But it is what it is. They got a good a good trade on their end. But Dennis is looking good. Kopech is looking good. Right now, so far, Johnny Cueto, by shaking his ass and moving his foot, he's looking good. But yeah, like you say, yeah, their starting rotation is looking good, and that's what's keeping them scared right there. That's what's no, you know what? I'll take that back. That's what's keeping them, and here's what's here's what's the fucked up news for the Sox. That's what's keeping them a 500 team. They should not be a 500 team, right? No, they shouldn't. They're more talented, but. They had a very bad start to the beginning of the season. Yeah. But hopefully you don't die that changes and everybody else clicks up. Well, um, we the play the Yankees. Yeah. They play the Yankees. So let's move on to the Yankees. So they take three out of the five against the Royals. They face all the Yankees. And when they face all the Yankees, 
I believe they had like a double header on Saturday because they only played Friday, right? Well, I think they played on Friday. No, they, oh. yeah, they played Friday. Game got rained out Saturday, and then they played a doubleheader on Sunday. Okay, Sunday. All right, so yeah, so Friday they lose that game to the Yankees. They lose it seven to five, and the winning pitcher was Cortez Jr. And the losing pitcher was obviously Dallas Keuchel, as he went four innings, gave up six hits, six earned runs, with three walks. Abreu went one for five with three RBIs, and LaMahieu, I believe, went one for four ahead of Grand Slam, I believe. And Cortez Jr. went five innings, gave up six hits, three earned runs, and seven strikes. Uh, for Saturdays, I mean Sundays, doubleheader. Um, Sox win the first game, three to one. As Quaid started the game, but he only went six innings, he had six hits, zero earned runs, two balls with five Ks. But Draven got the win because he was the. Probably hit a big home run against Chapman. Yep, because Chapman took the loss because pretty much it was a tight game one on one, and then Chapman got got in and and like he said, he went point one in his pitch, gave up two hits, two earned runs, and a walk. As it sucks for the Yankees because Chapman had got took two losses from the Sox and two in two games of the series, so. He's going to remember those games if they ever face each other in the playoffs. As Tyone went seven innings for the Yankees, gave up only five hits, one earned run, and seven strikes. So it was a pretty good battle for game one for the for, for each team, and it was a close game, but Chapman took the loss, and yep. Sox win that game, first game three to one. Moving on to this, exactly, moving on to the second game. Sucks. Shout out the Yankees for nothing as Kopech beats the bullpen pitcher, the Wiseguy. As Wiseguy uh, comes in, pitches 0.2 innings, gave up four hits and four in runs. Severino, who was a starter, wins seven innings, gives up eight, eight hits but no earned runs. Zero walks and has a five strikeouts, but Mr. Kopech goes seven innings, gives up only one hit, zero on runs with six strikeouts. This is the game where Mr. Tim Anderson goes three for five and and has three runs batted in in that game. So over the weekend, the Sox beat the Yankees, take two out of three games. So this was a better game. Now in this three-game series. This is a game where I do believe, okay, now when they flag score three to one and five to nothing and shout out the Yankees, this is a better game because this is a better team. Then compare when you see these same scores and game scoring runs against the Royals, it's like, dude, I'm like, something's wrong. I'm like, they should, they should not be scoring these type of games against the Royals. Now. They used to be having some interesting games like this. With these tattoos. But 
this was a better performance, and especially because you know that Kopech is, I believe this was saved, like you said, this was the starting with pitching. It's now Kopech and Cueto. Adding Cueto is actually probably rejuvenated the, the starting rotation. So now you're probably thinking about Kaiko. Sooner or later, probably Kaiko's out of that rotation. Uh, once Lance Lynch comes comes back and he starts doing good, maybe Kaiko's the odd man now. And then all of a sudden, it's just between Cueto, Kopech, Tease, Len, Giolito. That will be a scary rotation right there. What do you think about that rotation? Well, well, it w- this was a good series win for the for the White Sox. They beat a very good team as the New York Yankees. Remember, the Yankees came into guaranteed rate and kind of beat them all pretty badly. Uh, then they had the incident with Josh Donaldson and Tim Anderson. I think that really, really kind of put a jolt in the team and kind of got them going. Yeah. But starting pitching wise. They did a fantastic job, and I think that's why they won. Good, fantastic uh, starting pitching and good hitting. And it wasn't like the Yankees didn't get good pitching either. Taeyong was pretty good. It was really a tale of two different play, two different performances yesterday, but the same results. So you had Kopech easily mowing down the Yankees. Severino gave up a lot of hits, but he battled, he grinded, and he didn't give up any runs. I think the White Sox were able to win yesterday as well because Yankees had most of their bullpen out. They lost, uh, I think they lost one of their top relievers. They also lost, they also lost uh, Chapman to an Achilles injury. Uh, Michael King was unavailable. Uh, so they had a lot of guys that were unavailable and the White Sox took advantage of that and were able to get some timely hits. Uh, Back to the question about the starting rotation. I think really Lance Lynn is coming back. And once Lance Lynn comes back, I think you'll have the rotation of C's, Kopech, Giolito, Lynn. And then I think if Cueto, if Cueto comes back, I mean, if Cueto continues to put the performances, Cueto will be your number five. And really, they're probably going to send Vince Velasquez down because, you know, Kaiko has a big contract and they're probably going to send him to the bullpen and be their log man. Uh, also, yesterday's game, a big thing. Uh, Matt Foster pitched and so did Reynaldo Lopez. Yeah. So not the big, not the big guys, not Graveman, not, you know, Kelly. Uh, it's Right now, the more consistent guys in the Sox pin are the guys who sucked last year. Matt Foster sucked last year. Ronaldo Lopez sucked last year. They're pitching a little bit better. Souza is pitching well, and he came out of nowhere. So that's what's crazy to me. The guys who are making the big bucks aren't performing, and the guys who aren't supposed to be good are performing. But 
this is a good series, and this is a good series win. As the White Sox fan, the White Sox fans should be very proud of this series for how well they played, how well they pitched, how well they hit, and how well their bullpen was able to sustain lead. Especially on the road too. So mm-hmm. now they have they come back home. They got the day off today. They got a three-game series with the Red Sox starting tomorrow, Wednesday and Thursday. Then they off on a fucking off on a Friday for some odd reason because the MLB is crazy like that. And then our Cubbies go to the south side and face them on Saturday and Sunday. Um, they will complete the Crosstown Classic right there and then there, and that's it. They will finish that stupid, whatever your schedule yeah, is. Yeah, this Crosstown Classic crap is stupid. <laughs> we need six games, and we need them later. We need them in July, and we need them in August, mm-hmm. and on the weekend. It's so stu- this This is what annoys me. Yep. Can't. Like the Crosstown Classic over there in Wrigley, they have them. They have it pretty much in May, cold as hell, and during the week. What the hell is that? But whatever. Yeah, exactly. And when they don't, when they don't make the money during that freaking week, it's like okay, that fucking shit sells off, sells off, especially when you have it on the weekend. That shit sells, but whatever. But. Let's move on to our Cubbies. The Cubbies last week were at home. They had a pre-game series with the Pirates starting off on Monday. On Monday, the Cubs shot up the Pirates 9-0. Finally, the winning pitcher was Niley. The losing pitcher was Peters. As Wade Knightley went seven innings, gave up only one hit, no earned runs, no walks, six strikeouts. While Dylan Peters gave only went 0.2 innings, gave up four hits, five earned runs with a walk. Uh, Contreras went two for five with four runs batted in. Probably was a grand Sunday here. And then Hat, Simmons, Ortega, and Gomes each had an RBI. Tuesday. The Cubs, again, shot off the Pirates, 7 to nothing. When the pitcher in this game was Thompson, was the pitcher was Brew, no, Brew Park Baker. Thompson wins five innings, gave up four hits, zero earned runs, zero walks with five strikeouts, while Brew Baker wins 5.2 innings, gave up six hits, four earned runs with 10 strikeouts. The, the biggest moment of this game was for Morel, his first at bat ever. He hits a home run in the eighth. Uh, actually, a bound home run in the eighth, and that was a big moment of this game. And then on Wednesday, this was actually a first close game, but the Cubs lose this game 3 2. Winning pitcher was a former Cub, Underwood. Losing pitcher was Mighty. As Underwood goes 2.1 innings pitch, as he comes under under relief for the Buckos, and this Miley goes 4.1 innings pitch, gives up six hits, three runs with five strikeouts. Pat Benson, though, 
were the lone RBIs in this game. And overall, the Cubs take two out of three against the Pirates. What are your thoughts of this? The first two games after we pretty much found out the Pirates back-to-back games and especially outscoring them. Well, it was a big bounce back because I think the last time they played, they faced the Pirates, they lost the series, and they had that big 21-0 performance. Um, I mean, it, it was good, good starting pitching, good hitting. Um, even though they lost that third game, three to two, I mean, they only gave up three runs. It's pretty solid. Uh, Miley and Smiley, they're very very confusing sometimes but Miley who I think is a better pitcher has pitched pretty well for the Cubs Keegan Thompson has played well and at points this bullpen looks good and at points this bullpen doesn't very doesn't look very good Um, but I think going forward I think the Cubs do have some building blocks slowly but surely they're starting to see some building blocks for to go into the future I think Wilson Contreras again has been the big the big thing has been why the hell haven't they signed into an extension? And I think he's proving that the Cubs should give him an extension. I don't know why they haven't offered him an extension. But there's some other players I think they they can do well. I'm interested to see how Christopher Morell does going forward. Um, he's been in their farm system for a while. He finally got the call up. And then we'll see. When he hit the home run, I kind of got, I kind of got 20, uh, 2013, 2014 vibes when all that, when all these guys were coming up at that point. The yeah. Jorge Soler's, the Schwarbers, the Baez, the you Chris Bryant, all those guys. Yes, Rizzo. A similar stance of um, Ramos Ramirez. I don't know why. When he hit that home run, he reminded me of Ramos Ramirez. So I'm like, oh shit. Yeah, and he can play third base too. He can play third base. He can play yeah. multiple positions. I'm like, I'm just hoping that he actually stays consistent because he's actually been. Yeah, he had a couple of hits so far too against the D bags when we go over it. But yeah. Um, also, as well, like, um, I'm starting to think that they got to switch. Thompson and Smiley positions and they gotta let Thompson start and have Smiley come out of the bullpen. Right? Yeah, yeah, Thompson Thompson has potential and I think they need to give him some starts because if you are again, this season for the Chicago Cubs is development. You're trying to see who you can take toward the next successful club the Cubs what I'm starting to see is something that they weren't able to do in their previous success we're getting some pitchers that they've drafted and they're developing Keegan Thompson is one of them and I think to your point they need to start him more to see if he he's actually a starter or is he a bullpen piece yeah I know he we can use him going forward. He's a guy, but where is he going to help us in? Is he going to help us in the rotation? Or is he going to help us in the bullpen? And 
yeah, if Smiley, like you said, if Smiley is not successful and he continues to struggle and Keegan Thompson is pitching four innings because it looks like he's been pitching like four or five innings, right, out of the pen, give him a start. Give him a couple starts. Hell, throw him in the rotation and see what he can do. Because if he can do well and the we're going to go over the other pitcher that I think is doing really well, you're going to give it in your breakdown on their next series. We got we got some two good guys that we haven't had in a while. So and that gives me that excites me a lot because I think one of the downfalls in the previous regime is we kind of started gutting the farm system because we didn't have any starting pitching. And we gave up we gave up again Dylan Cease and we gave up Eloy Jimenez for Quintana. So if we develop our own, then we don't have to do these stupid trades. Nope. So, but anyways, again, my key takeaways of this series for Pittsburgh. They won this series. Good hitting. Good starting pitching. Solid bullpen. We won this series, and that's all you can ask for. For a team that's rebuilding. Now we move on to Thursday games against the Diamondbacks. This was a four-game series. And we lose this four-game series, three out of the four. We lose Thursday, three to one, as we get, as the winning pitcher was Gallon. And the losing pitcher was a returning Marcus Stroman. The save goes to Melanson. And Gallon goes five innings. Gives up only two hits, one and run, three walks with four Ks, and while uh, Marcus Herman gives goes five innings, gives up five hits, two and runs with six strikeouts. Um, he was in, the, I believe, the COVID protocol, so managed only to give up two and runs. Not nothing bad. He had a solid start. Not that bad. He still managed to only give up two and runs, so. Still good, solid start. Nothing bad. And Friday, they lose 10 to 6. Winning pitcher was Castellanos. Losing pitcher was Hendricks. Like I said, Hendricks had two good good starts, great starts, back to back games. But, like we said, he has an up and down season so far. And it's starting to look like on the road he pitches good, and on home, he's starting to pitch like bad. Gives up a lot of home runs in Wrigley. That that wind blowing out does not help Hendricks at all. Nope. So that's that's starting to be a fishy situation. But um, Castellanos goes five innings, gives up five hits, three runs with a walk and five strikeouts. While Hendricks goes five innings, gives up eight hits, seven runs, two walks, and three strikeouts. Morel goes two for four with two runs batted in, while Hat, Wisdom, VR, and Vargas have an RBI each. Saturday, they lose again in extras. They lose seven to six. This time, the winning pitcher was Melanson. The losing pitcher was Wick. Uh, and VR, Suzuki, Gomes, Schwindel, Wisdom, and Simmons had an RBI each. But they had the lead in this game, but the bullpen pretty much messed this up. I believe Justin Justin Seal had this game handed down because I believe he pitched six 
six innings and just gave up gave up no earned runs or whatever something like that and was up like four nothing and then the bullpen comes in and gives up the tying run to tie it up four four and then and then they took the lead in the tenth to make it seven seven to four and then the Cubs only managed to score two more runs in the bottom of the tenth and that's how it ends seven to six. Which how do you how, how do you been seeing Justin Fields Justin Fields so far? Because Justin Fields I've been pitching the past pretty much three starts and he's been looking good. Justin Steele keeps impressing, and he's another guy that this team could use going forward. And this this has been a season where they got to look at the which building blocks they're going forward. And I think Justin Justin Steele is another one. It's he's a he's been a Good solid revelation for this team. Pitched, I think he struck out nine, six innings. He's got strikeout stuff, and again, he's got one of the good good tools going forward. Again, Caleb Killian coming up. You got Wicks. You got Braylon Marquez, and he's another one I think along with Thompson. He can slot in and and pitch pretty well. Um, now, big picture in this series. It is a. It, I think they had enough offense to win. Unfortunately, the bullpen let them down. Aside from that bad start from Hendricks, because Hendricks all of a sudden, thing you pointed out, he, he's having a really tough time at home. He's he was a ground ball pitcher. All of a sudden, he's starting to become a fly ball pitcher. And because of the winds blowing out now that it's warmer, he's end up a ton of home runs. And yeah, the bullpen did not pitch well. Uh, I don't know why. Ross trusts F. Ross. F. Ross sucks. F. Ross always coughs up the lead, but I don't know why he's on this team. Yeah, I believe F. Ross is, is out now with an injury or something like that, so we're not going to be seeing that for a couple of weeks or a couple of months or so. That's a good sign, but yeah, Justin Steele has been looking good and hopefully he continues to be good and we start seeing like the Caleb Killians being called up and even Brandon Marquez, but no, we Killian not. has been very good. He's been good, man. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to see him in the ma- in, in the in the majors soon, man. So, uh, I've been seeing highlights for him and down there, down in Triple H. You know, like, oh man, he has a cannon too, man. But moving on to Sunday's game, is the Cubs actually finally win that game five to four. Miley started a game. He goes six innings, gives up six hits, three earned runs, two walks, two strikeouts. But the winning pitcher is Thompson. As he goes three innings, gives up two hits, one earned run, and four strikeouts. The losing pitcher is Kennedy. And the reason why we win that game is because Wisdom and Schwindel each go back to hit back-to-back home runs, and then since Wilson Contreras is out due to injury, he stayed the day as he pulled up, I believe, a hamstring while trying to steal a base. Uh, PJ Higgins gets called up, and he goes one for three and gets three runs back in. 
Yep. The Cubs win that game five to four and at least manage to lose three out of the four. So they go three for yeah, they go three for four. I mean, yeah, three for four over the seven game series. So it was a. Uh, it started out good, but it ended up being a thing you expected to be a split, a two-two split series. But the Diamondbacks managed to take three out of the four and at home. But oh well, we already know there's a rebuilding team, but we saw some good games, the decent games. They should have taken Saturday's game, but they didn't. Unfortunately, it was a loss. It was lost by the bullpen, and that's how this thing goes. But yeah, I'm starting to notice the starting pitching. Starting pitching, you you're getting good about three, four innings, right? Yes. And then I guess once they get to the fifth inning, it's like they give up three, four runs like in a hurry, and it, it's tough. I guess. Yeah, they just have, and you could tell these these are not top starters, but they just have a tough time staying away from that big inning. And usually that big inning's coming in late. Yeah. Because Miley also Miley had a very good start, and then I what I think the fifth inning came and he gave up three runs, yeah. and then Thompson gave up the fourth run, and now we were tied that the Cubs were trailing three to four. So, yeah, that's what I've been noticing. They, they do good to start off, and then they finally the other team figures them out, and they get up like two to three runs off of them. And, but, I mean, it is what it is. Like you said, it's a rebuilding team, and they're competitive. That's all we want, competitive. Yeah, um, and, and they are, and they stay. They don't give up. They don't give up until they get beaten. That's, that's the one thing that I like about this team. That they don't give up. They there there's games that they fight till the end and till the end they come back and you're like you stay there with your face like damn did they just come back and win the game? Like what the hell? Now they've done that a couple of times already. I'm like, especially in those Padres games. I'm like, they 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 compete they compete. I'm like, this team doesn't give up, they compete. They 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 don't they don't stay there and they compete and that's what you want yeah, and that's what you want so that's why I don't complain I stay whether win or lose I I just want them to compete that's it I support I support my team whether they win or lose I don't I don't care I don't I don't care about the heat they make fun of us remember they they used to make fun of oh you like you like the lovable losers hey. Whether they win or lose, man, that's my team. Yep. Whether they win or lose, that's my team. That's why I'm a that's why I'm a Bears fan. I don't care what the Packers say, that's why I'm Bears fan. Whether they win or lose, man, hey, that's why I'm Bears fan. Granted, yes. Have they drafted a quarterback? No, they have not drafted a good quarterback. Since when? They never had drafted a good quarterback. <laughs> I'm like, they've always been a defensive team. Well, they've been good at drafting running backs and linebackers. Exactly. That's how that's that's how they've been good at, but you know, never a good quarterback. 
let me tell you this, I'm like, that's what I tell Patrick Strange. I'm like, you guys so far in the past, what, 30 years, you guys been the dominant team that had two great quarterbacks, but only managed to win two Super Bowls? <laughs> two Hall of Fame quarterbacks, because I think exactly. Aaron Rodgers is going to go to the Hall of Fame with all his passing exactly. records and stuff. Exactly, but, that, but that's what I'm saying. They had two of the greatest quarterbacks to be drafted by the Packers, which is Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, and you only managed to win two Super Bowls. Well, Brett Favre, they traded for him, but I get what you're saying. They have two Hall of Fame talent quarterbacks. They should they should have more Super Bowls. Yes. They should have more Super Bowls to show forth. And Aaron Rodgers won one early in his career, and so far, nothing. And I think also Brett Favre also won one early in his career, too. Yes. And after that, nothing. Well, I hope that Justin Fields is our Pro Bowl quarterback. I mean, we haven't ha- we haven't even had a Pro Bowl quarterback, and I don't count Mitch Trubisky as a Pro Bowl quarterback. No, it's just he's an alternate. Yep, that's that's how that's how we are, or whatever. Something like that. And it's like you, it's like you said. I'm like, how many Sox fans have you? Because there are some Sox fans that stick with their team and. They support them while they win or lose, but there's a lot of Sox fans that they only support them when they win, but they don't support them when they lose. And it's like, we, it's obvious that like when they lose, they don't say nothing, but when they win, they, that's when they start talking. Oh, their yeah. Like, yeah. All I have to say is now is, yeah, they're good. They beat the Cubs and stuff like that. But guess what? Where's this course championship? They haven't even been to the ALCS. No. Yeah, and that's what that's what I tell them. Like, at this point of the Cubs rebuild, where they are, the Cubs already went to the NLCS. Actually, I think at this point of the rebuild, the Cubs won the World Series already. Yes. So. When the Cubs, when the, Cubs the, the fact that when the Cubs got the manager. When the Cubs fired Rick Renteria, the way how the White Six did it and the Cubs did it, Madden took them to the the, the National League Championship Series and they lost. In the first year, right? Yeah, Tony LaRusso did it. Now, the second year, Madden won it all. What is Tony LaRusso going to do? Well, losing the first round. <laughs> no, but we'll, but we'll see. We'll see because the Cubs are coming. The Cubs are coming. And yep. yeah, and I've told. Yeah, and, and a lot of listeners are going to be like, yeah, you guys are Cubs biased. Well, we're both Cubs fans. So deal with it. If you guys have something to say, say it on the Twitter feed. Yep. 
we will we will engage with all with all the fans but yeah we're just saying we're just saying what we're seeing and, and right now it is a white Sox town because the white Sox yeah. are better and i'm not even talking crap about the white Sox. i'm just stating the facts what i'm seeing i'm giving praise to the starting rotation because i like the starting rotation Mm-hmm. I like what I'm seeing from Michael Kopech. I like what I'm seeing from Dennis. None of them were White Sox homegrown players. They traded for him. And that's where I give credit to Rick Hahn. When it comes, I think, for a rebuild, rebuilding team, Rick Hahn is very good at executing trades and getting the team's top prospects. So far, when, when Hahn needs a like a top asset so like now he needs the star the star player right yeah so far he's not very good at it aside from Lance Lynn Kimbrel deal sucked the Hernandez deal sucked Grandal deal sucked they are the grand Grandal I mean dude we I was hearing that Grandal is better than Wilson Contreras he's not He's no, not he's better not. than Wilson Contreras. He's not. My cousin is a big, big Sox fan. He was like, "Oh, Grandal's better." He's not. He's not better than. He's not better than Wilson Contreras. Grandal can. Grandal can barely hit for average. Wilson Contreras can hit for average. He can steal bases, and he's one of the best defensive pl- catchers in baseball. Why? Why the hell do they need to? Why the hell do they need to platoon Reese McGuire all the time? Because Grandal can't catch. Yep, exactly. Like, we're gonna mutual from the Phillies is better than Puncheros. Are you gonna tell me that? I'll be like, yeah. Yeah, I think Ramuto is the best pitcher, best catcher in baseball. Ramuto is. Yeah, Ramuto is the best catcher. But don't sit there and tell me that Grandal is better than Contreras. Like, yeah, no, he's not. Mm-mm, he's not. Uh, yeah, and I don't know. We'll see. The Josh Harrison deal, bad. Um, so that that's where I'm interested to see in this trading deadline because Rick Hahn, after a while, we've seen how Rick Hahn operates. Yeah. When he needs, when he's trading a Chris Sale, a Quintana, an Adam Eaton, he fleeces your ass. He fleeces the other team, and is able to extract their top prospects. Now, when he needs the asset, when he needs the player that's gonna help his team now, so far he's been very shaky. So we'll see what he does in this trade deadline. That the so- that the Sox will need bullpen help because I, like you said, they will need bullpen help. Yeah, it uh, looks like they will need a lot of bullpen help and probably a catching help. Because I don't know if Reese McGuire will be the will be the answer for the playoffs. No, Grandal has to catch and he has to catch every day, and we'll see how good he is defensively because Eloy is coming back. And Eloy needs to DH. That's another thing. This team is full of DHs. Like, full. Grandal is a DH. Eloy is a DH. Andrew Vaughn's a DH. Like, Gavin Sheets is a DH. 
Like, this team was full of designated hitters. So, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see, but yeah. Full of designated hitters, and let's play them in the outfield, too. Well, Eloy, Eloy's going to come back, but Eloy worries me in the field. And that's weird because in his scouting report coming up with the Cubs, everybody said he was a good outfielder, had a rocket arm. I'm like, okay. The White Sox had a hold of him, and he can't field. He gets hurt all the time in the field. And that's alarming for a young player. And I told you, man, when I seen him, when I when he saw him, that he's tall, and I'm like, oh man, he looks like he's injury prone. And you're like, no, he said he's good and this and that, and I'm like, damn. Then when he gets injured on spring training, trying to catch that ball, like, what the hell is he doing? Spring training, dude, what they let it go? And now again this year, I'm like, oh man. Nah, it is. I'm not here. We're not here to try to bash the Sox. Like I said, like, no. I'm like, I'm a Cubs fan, and we're not being trying to be biased or nothing. Like, we just see what we're seeing. I'm like, no. I'm like, the Sox rotation, it's good right now and everything. What looks bad is the bullpen. It's their offensive line right now. Tim Anderson's carrying the team, as well as Luis Robert. Robert has been hitting phenomenal and Tim Anderson has been hitting phenomenal. Like, those two guys are, what, hitting over 300? Yeah. He, and and oh. Yohan Mancada is giving him some good at-bats on, yeah. on, the, on, the, on out of the two-hole, two-spot, and then he's been giving him good defense. They, they missed him and he's helped them. Yeah, so... No, they, their offense could make could be manageable where as long as you're starting rotation, keep um, keep giving up zeros in their line and and those three, four guys, three, four guys that keeps bringing in runs and and line, hey, anything could happen, but they got to find a way where that bullpen also needs to be sharpened up and keep putting zeros and yeah the sides could be a dominant team but right now they're not a dominant team they're they're a shaky team yeah you don't know, you don't know, you don't know what to expect that's the problem right now with the, the Sox team you don't know what to expect yeah but that's a good thing about the regular season it's very long and we'll see if they can yeah. go on a heater at the end of the season and put it together when you start the regular season it doesn't mean that when you when the season ends, that it's going to be the same team. Uh-uh. It could be a really good or a great team at the end of it, or it collapses. Who knows? Because we've seen it. Last year, the Sox team was a dominant team because they faced their own team. And then at the end, at the end of the season, when they went to the playoffs, it collapsed. This time around, the bullpen's are collapsing, everything's not functioning. We don't know yet, but at, at the end of the season, they may figure it out. Tony Rizzo figures it out, and they could be a dominant team during the postseason. 
Yep, but we will see. Again, for me, my response is only because a lot of the Sox fans, now that they're good, they like to say, well, this team is better than the 16 Cubs team and stuff. I tell them no, because they're not, until they win a World Series. They're not. Um, but this city has been predominantly a Cubs town. Right now it's a White Sox town. And that's why I always say the White Sox, the White Sox should try to win a championship. Now that this is right now, it's a White Sox town because the Cubs are coming. And I am very excited because the, and mostly I'm excited because of the pitching that's being developed. Yeah. That wasn't in the other, that wasn't in the last successful team for the Cubs. They weren't developing any pitching. And that was their downfall. But now that they're developing pitching, and now with their new MLB pipeline rankings, the Cubs now have three players in the top 100. Your man, P. Crow Armstrong, is now a top 100 prospect. Yep. Christian Hernandez is there as well. He's my guy. Brennan Davis is still, I think, at 16. He's been struggling, but he's been hurt with a back injury. But, and then unfortunately for the White Sox, the White Sox's farm system is not very good at all. It's not good at all. They don't have any players coming up. So, again, I'm the if I'm a White if I'm the White Sox White Sox fans, I just hope they win before the Cubs get good again. Because as soon as the Cubs get good again, they're gonna lose the city again. Yep, it's always it's gonna be a battle regardless. Um, like, and I hope so because I've never seen a crosstown classic or something where both teams are good. It's either the Cubs are good or the White Sox are good, and the other team the yeah. other team sucks. And I've never been to one where both teams are actually good. You know how the Dodgers and the and the and the Angels are good this year, and the Mets and the Yankees are good this year. That, yeah. that that's what my hope is. Well, now that the I guess the Cubs is rebuild and hopefully they they get better. But that's my hope is that we get something like that and we can actually talk crap to each other. That both now that both teams are good. Was as long was twenty sixteen. Uh, the Sox were good in twenty sixteen. That was the closest one because that's when Crystal was still around. And Jose Quintana. Hey, that was that was the closest one when they were still good because that was when you had Crystal, Jose Quintana, um Jose Abreu. Young Jose Abreu. Yeah, young Jose Abreu, you know. That I don't think their lineup was good. But their pitching was the was their pitching was solid. Yeah, the pitching was solid because you know that they, they had a conversation. You know, it was all Jose Quintana against John Lester, and then Chris Hill against Jake Garrieta, and then Jose Abreu and Anthony Rizzo and whatever. And yeah, that that was like the battle of that that situation. Yep, but we will see what the future holds. 
And then I believe that before that it was like closest one was probably the 2008-2009 Yeah, 2007-2008 around there, yeah, with the whole Michael Barrett and Yep, yeah, AJ Pruszynski Around there, I'll pass, pass that too Yeah, because they were still good, because that was when both, both teams made it to the playoffs Yeah, that was like the last two good teams that they were actually good. They both made it to the playoffs that year and everything. Nope, but yeah, that 2016. That 2016 team, yeah, that was a year where the, the Sox had a chance to make it. Because that was the last year where it was a final year where whoever won the National League or American League and the All-Star was going to host, uh, were going to be the home home field advantage for the World Series or whatever. And it was Chris Sale that, that won it for the American League. But the White Sox, I think, barely, I think, lost. They didn't they lost the American, the AL Central by like a couple of games only. So yeah, they barely missed it by, yeah, by a couple of games too. I think Cleveland barely barely made it dude, by a couple of games. It was a close. It was a close. Uh, close division. That's how crazy that central that AL Central was in 2016. Dude. Between the Indians and and White Sox. Yep. That's another story to hopefully the Central Mountain I'm hoping that the Cubs get better by next year or the year after because the White Sox, their peak is in the next couple of years. But yeah, I think the Cubs that... will be good 2024. I think next year is where all of the prospects are going to come up. And 2024, yeah. I think, is when they can challenge for the division. Yeah, all the prospects come up because also next year as well, all the final overload contracts end, like Hayward, J.C. Hayward's contract, and whatever ends, and they can use that money to sign the prospects or extend to players or whatever, whatever they want. But, um, yeah, it's, it's just figuring this out. Um, oh, yeah, the White Sox, they, uh, they got their pick years are now. They got, I believe, they got like the next three, three, four years with this core that they got. Who knows? Because I'm, I'm, I'm going to check um, right now when we end our show, I'm going to check um, Tim Anderson's contract when, when it ends. His contract is supposed to end soon, either this year or next year. And I don't yeah, think they're going to resign him because he's no, going to want a lot of money. He's an intriguing player that because he's a consistent over 300 player, man. He's their Dexter Fowler. Remember Dexter Fowler? Yes. How he made the Cubs go? Mm-hmm. He 
he he's their Dexter. He's not he's not necessarily the heartbeat of the team like Tim Anderson is, but Dexter when Dexter Fowler or Dexter Fowler fit perfectly with this team. And yeah. Dexter Fowler when he left, he wasn't very good, but and that's how Tim Anderson is. If Tim Ander- if Tim Anderson has a good game, this this team usually wins. And when he's good, he usually brings this team with him. And that's how Dexter Fowler was. He set the table up for for Bryant and and Rizzo and Schwarber and and Baez and all those other guys. Yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, he's gonna be an intriguing player if he reaches free agency. I think he'll get what Baez got because I think they're they're the same player in terms of flair and bravado. I think Baez is better defensively, but Anderson's a better hitter than Baez. I think he's he would take guy. the hitting he's over a the way better hitter than Baez. Yeah, way better hitter. But Baez is yeah, Baez is a way better defender. But I think right now, of course, you take the hitter over the glove anytime. Of course, anytime, dude. Because when when you got a, a hitter that hits over three hundred, bro, come on, bro. It's it's there's no match, dude. Especially so, when he's hitting like three twenty five, giving you like twenty mid twenty twenty five thirty home runs and like eighty to hundred RBIs. You, you got to take that over defense, dude. Yeah, so Baez got seven for one forty. Do you think Anderson's gonna get more? Do you think Anderson will get like one eighty? I think Anderson could get seven for one between one eighty two hundred. Ooh, two hundred is a lot for him, I think. Just because of his of of his hitting batting average, dude. Well, then he's not coming to the White Sox because... No, he's not mm-hmm. going to stick for the White Sox. He's going to go... He, he could go to another team that will want him, that especially like the Yankees or, or somewhere where... Or even to the freaking Phillies or whatever. They still need like a bat over there. They, they will give him that money. Yeah, Jerry Reinsdorf isn't that going to sign him. Jerry Reinsdorf usually doesn't sign guys for the long term of a contract and yeah I don't think he's going to resign yeah I don't think he's going to resign and besides they drafted his replacement Colson Montgomery who is their top yeah. prospect is a shortstop mm-hmm. and he's by far their best prospect in their farm system yeah Yeah, because the Cubs, I don't know. They will be in um, Korea, but if they don't sign them, I don't think they will be in... Um... Aaron Judge? You think? They you should try what? to do everything they can to sign Judge. Uh, yeah, you're right about that, because now we got the DH on uh, the National League. Yes, I will do everything that power to sign Judge can judge, and you can sign him with the Yankees. Signing Judge will make a difference into that team and makes that team more complete 
because for the reason of fact that now you got Judge gives you experience in the playoffs. And also gives you more depth in the outfield. And left they like, well, yeah, pretty much yeah, in outfield. Right field or left field and, and the age. Being another voice. And then you know and then they do sign Korea. Well if they don't sign Korea then you still have and but if they do sign Korea then that means that you will have Christian Hernandez coming up pretty soon too because we continue hitting and everything you will be part of color when he's turning 20 years old then because he's 18 right now right or Bertie turning 18 yeah he's yeah he's 18 right now and I think they'll bring him up when he's like 20 21 and that right now would be like 2024 2025 so yeah so I, I'm think I'm thinking that they'll probably bring him up in 2024 so he'll be 20 I thinking that that's where they're going yeah he'll be bring he'll be called up by 2020 he'll be ready by 2020 if everything goes as planned for him so so yeah so he should be paying short or whatever at 2020. For the Cubs, and if morale still stays good or whatever, like you said, because he looks good, man. He reminds me of a young, he reminds me of Aramis Ramirez, bro. He got that body of Amara Ramirez. Yep, and he'll be a good young third baseman. Yes, dude. The third baseman of the future. The Cubs really don't have anybody at third base. They have a lot of shortstops, no. lots of second um, basemen, yeah. lots of outfielders. Yeah. They don't have a first baseman, they don't have a third baseman. And when I see him, bro, that was the first thing that, that's the first person that I thought right away when I seen his body and the way how he hit the, the bottom the part. I'm like, oh, you shit, he reminds me of Ramirez. I mean, like, the way he hit it and the way how he looked at the ball and the way how he ran. I'm like, oh, damn, he's a young man. Ramirez, like, he just hit the ball and just started running. I'm like, oh, oh, okay, kid. I'm like, okay, kid. I'm like, you're on the show now. Okay. I'm like, damn. I'm like, now to this kid, I'm like, because last time that I seen him, he was more skinnier than what he was. Now he got a little bit bulky up in his in his body. I'm like, oh, like this kid, like damn. I'm like, okay. I'm like, I'll give him props. I'm like, he finally, he finally made it, and he's up here. So like, nice. But yeah, like I wouldn't mind seeing him staying there and everything. So my friendship level and. And Alfonso Rivas, don't mind seeing those um, lights switch on and off, and and freaking first base and DHing with Patrick Wisdom as well with uh, left field and DHing and whatever. Because Wisdom again, he's, he's hot right now, man. Yeah, right unfortunately, now, I think Wisdom will not be with this team going forward, but. Nah, you know, but. Right yeah, now, it, would, it would be nice. I think the Cubs game's over. They beat the Reds seven to four, and Wisdom, I believe, had a good game. I think he had a home run today, so that makes him tenth. His tenth home run today. So, yep, the Cubs 
finals, seven to four. Very nice. Yep, Drew Smiley wins, wins, so he gets his second win. But we'll go over that game next week. But yeah, we'll talk about more about the Cubs. The Cubs top 100 prospects and go over the third, top 30 prospects and see if any, anything, anybody else changed and who went down and who went up. But that'll be in next week's episode. Yeah, and more White Sox talk. So don't worry, don't worry, listeners. We will still talk about the White Sox. They are the best team in town, so they will. They will get some time too. Yeah, we're gonna go over their top thirty prospects. Who's their top thirty prospects? And their top one hundred prospects. Like currently, right now, Boston is beating the like, Heat, eighty-four to fifty-seven. Oof. They're smashing, yeah. and they're in the and they're in the in the fourth quarter, with ten minutes left. They only stay. Before the half finished, they only scored 33 points in two quarters of heat. As like you said, uh, the Celtics defense were on top of it. With Smart and everybody being Brown and Jalen Brown being on top. Like annihilation. Mm-hmm. But... That would be it for next week's episode. Thank you guys for listening today. If you like, if you like our podcast, keep sharing, keep listening to to our podcast on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts, or any platforms that you like listening to the podcast. Please follow us at um, Shy Sports Combo One on Twitter. Please share and with any friends our podcast and you following and if you got any comments or anything please suggest it on on Twitter or let us know in the comments um, the, the daily questions that I leave on Spotify or whatever and let us know what type of conversations you would like us to have about any sports or, or anything or about boxing or whatever I know Carlos let us know that September is on the officials of party that I beat Canelo versus Triple G so our boxing insider will let us know more details about it soon so we will have Mr. Carlos Aviar sooner or later on on the podcast so that's going to be nice to let us know but also we got Mr. Martin with his two style wrestling podcast as well yeah, I just want to thank everybody for listening to Shy Sports Convo again as Edgar beautifully eloquated you can uh, listen to us on Spotify Google Podcasts Apple Podcasts and all of your podcast listening platforms you can follow us on Twitter at Shy Sports Convo 1 leave any comments on the Twitter page and we will gladly respond or you know, leave our thoughts if you guys want us to talk about any other sports just comment below also if you're listening if you're interested in wrestling slash sports entertainment listen to style wrestling podcast where we talk about various wrestling 
topics, including this episode. We're talking about the infa- infamous walkout of Sasha Banks and Naomi. So stay tuned for that. But back to you. Well, thank you guys for listening. And have a good night. Good night.